What's up everyone and welcome to episode 114 of the Justin Insight Podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Uh, as always, I'm your host Tim Birkbeck and I thank you very much for tuning in to this podcast. I uh, hope everyone's had a lovely week. Uh, mine was a little bit hectic with my day job. Uh, my boss has been away for the last week and the other people that well other person i should say that i work with has been a bit of a liability so yeah um bit of a nut job nut job week for for myself but hey ho we get on with it we've got this podcast is that's what i enjoy it's what i like doing love getting these episodes out to you wonderful folks um but yeah apart from work wise uh finally got i did go to one gig this week i finally got to the opportunity to go see uh, War on Women, which was really, really cool. Um, it wasn't the busiest show at the Green Door Store in uh, in Brighton, but it was still a really fun show. Uh, War on Women just absolutely killed their set. And uh, the support band, ARCS, it was A-R-X-X, they were really cool. So um, if anyone's unfamiliar with them, go check them out. I, I really struggle with describing bands, but they're a two-piece... Um, just kind of like noise rock sort of band i guess but yeah they were really cool so if you're unfamiliar i recommend going check them out um uh just on a little note before we get into the the bones of this week's conversation um i will be heading to download this weekend so first and foremost if anyone's there and sees me just give us a shout um secondly that also means that uh next week's episode if all goes to plan will be a download review show so it won't be the normal format um but yeah we're looking forward to that doing some some work for already heard so make sure you keep an eye out on their site in the coming days for preview stuff on on download uh which we'll be sharing on our socials as well as reviews and interviews from the festival itself i'm actually really looking forward to it somehow i've got to 30 years of age and i've never been to download festivals so uh yeah really looking forward to it particularly the the standards obviously Slipknot Tool being big big hitters but other bands like I'm really looking forward to seeing Kundra they're I've seen them a few times but seeing them on that big stage going to be cool Power Trip going to be fucking rad At The Gates seeing Municipal Waste again uh, it'd be really cool to see Enter Shikari again actually as well so yeah all in all really looking forward to this weekend Um, going to be a bit manic like work wise but looking forward to it um, I'm babbling on. We'll get get on to a few more things, but a few bits of news that I do want to share with everyone regarding a few upcoming tours that have been announced in the last week. Uh, Pine have announced that they're going to be hitting the road with Blanket in October, uh, as well as the band also announcing that their uh, collaborative project, Kersey's Metal Hands, with uh, aforementioned Kundra, uh, have, will be releasing a full-length record as well. So exciting stuff coming out of the pine camp um the tour with blanket starts on october 18th and runs until november 2nd so if they're coming to a town near you i highly recommend going to check that out um other bit of tour news good friends of the show uh watch cries are going out on the road with gay panic defense um in july so that starts in bristol on july 22nd runs through to july 26th unfortunately i'm out of the country then so i'm really sorry guys i will not be catching you on that run but if they're coming to a city near you again please go check them out both bands are fucking rad live um 
And finally, another kind of tiny bit of news, something that came out yesterday. Um, Cult Dreams, formerly known as Kamikaze Girls, have released a new song from their upcoming record. Uh, the song is called We Never Rest. So if you're a fan of Kamikaze Girls, now known as Cult Dreams, then go check that out. It's on all streaming platforms. Right, now let's get to our guest. Uh, and this week I am joined by the vocalist of hardcore punk band Cutting Teeth, James Dalby. Um we discuss obviously James's discovery of heavy music, how he got into playing music himself, uh, learning sort of the bass, and then transitioning now from being a bassist to a standalone vocalist in Cutting Teeth. Um, we talk about the aesthetics of the band and how their kind of sound has evolved to what we hear now, and how they've got a bit of momentum gearing up behind them. So yeah, that that's pretty much in a nutshell. There's obviously a lot more in depth in the conversation. I'm babbling on way too much, so going to leave it there. As always, sit back, enjoy the chat I have with James, and I'll see you on the other side. Joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is vocalist of Cutting Teeth, uh, James Dalby. James, thank you very much for taking some time out on your Wednesday evening to have a little chat with me. Um, how's everything in your world? It's been good. Been very busy, but yeah, very good. Yeah, cool. So as kind of mentioned before, we kind of got into the thing proper. Justin Insight is a kind of a, a retrospective journey through sort of your, your musical sort of upbringing, so to say. So the way I like to, to kick things off is to ask my guests sort of, what was their kind of first exposure to alternative music? What kind oh, of, wow. what was the thing that got you to gravitate towards that? Um, I, fair enough, I think it was boredom. I was, uh, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> I, was um, I think I was, because I never really was into music when I was really young, but it was when I was, uh, I think I was on a family holiday in like Wales somewhere. Right. Um, and it was like the middle of the countryside, nothing to do for like uh, a teenager and stuff. Um, and I just picked up uh, Led Zeppelin CD, right? And it kind of snowballed from there and stuff. And I like heard Black Dog, and I thought that's like a really cool riff. And yeah, from there, I just it evolved over time, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So I guess kind of evolving on from from Led Zeppelin, like yeah. I guess to to get a bit closer to home to where you are now. What <laughs> what were the kind of bands that you were sort of? Because I th- I think a lot of people kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're sort of yeah. like gateway in is either kind of like Sabbath or Zeppelin or Maiden yeah. or something like that. But what were the bands that you were kind of discovering off your own back sort of thing in those early stages? Yeah. Um, like, obviously, when I first started listening to it and it started to get a bit heavier and stuff, and it was like Guns N' Roses and Metallica, I then started to like try and learn to play uh, these songs and stuff, but I, I found that I was useless at any sort of like art. <laughs> Um, but I did find like bands like Nirvana, right? And punk by by the Ramones and uh, the Stooges that I really did think were cool. Yeah. And like obviously, there's still like a bygone era sort of music. By the time I was a teenager, all those bands were kind of dead and gone. Yeah. Um, and it was only like kind of through because uh, I used to just go to places like Virgin Megastore and uh, HMV on like Saturday yeah, afternoons, yeah. and I kind of just feel out bands that I thought would be kind of up my street and I, through that I like I found bands like Finch 
Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then as I, cause I, I didn't used to like anything really heavy, but then I got into like Architects, and uh, from there there was Dora, the, the, many of the bands, but I think the ones that first of all really stood out that felt like bands I really uh, became accustomed to was like uh, Cancer Bats and Every Time I Die. Right, okay. And like the Gallows, but Gallows were a bit later on. I was kind of a bit late bloomer on those, but the but those those two bands definitely for a start were like the first bands that I heard. I thought were exactly the sort that I liked. It had all the elements like punk and stuff that they were raw. Yeah. But then they they, they didn't have that heavy aggressive side of things because like you'll listen to a punk album from like the seventies and it's 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 aggressive, but it's by no means it's fairly tame by today's sort of standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was the first time like I heard those bands do weird stuff, and I was like, you know, what? I kind of like this st- stuff more than uh, you know the standard, more standard sort of side of things from the alternative music. But, yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. So then, kind of going off that, in terms of kind of you sort of getting into to music yourself, like yeah. sort of da- I guess dabbling into sort of things. I've seen now doing kind of like vocals, but. Was was there kind of a, any instruments that you were kind of particularly yeah. sort of drawn to in the early stages, and what and what well, could? This is like the first time I'm ever doing vocals on anything. Quite as a frontman, right, okay. Uh, since I think since like 2011, I've been playing bass in bands. Okay. Because there was never room for. <laughs> I'd never done vocals before when I started playing music, and I wasn't. I was terrible at guitar, but. Um, there's always room for a bass player and stuff, so I kind <laughs> yeah. of got my in on that and with a couple of mates and stuff when I was first starting out. And uh, joined a band called The King Is Dead back in 2012 or something. Right. Um, then subsequently, later on down the line, joined another band called Monk Steve's, and uh, now I kind of, after playing in these bands, playing bass, I kind of was kind of done with it because it wasn't the music I wanted to play uh, and I kind of wanted to do something a lot more punk a lot more sort of free a lot more sort of experimental right and just through that it was kind of meeting Adam uh, which was a very sort of chance and very random sort of uh, encounter and in everything in every which way um, but yeah, it was it was kind of just a, an off the cuff decision to you know what I won't play bass. I'll just I'll front it. Okay. So I do it. Yeah. So, so just to kind of backtrack a little bit in terms of kind of you picking up a bass, was it kind of because I, I can say this from experience because yeah. I I tried picking up a guitar, completely failed. I tried <laughs> picking up a bass, completely failed at that, and then I was kind of. Along the lines, I was like, "Well, I can kind of shout," so that's kind of yeah. where I kind of went. Yeah. But like, was the bass? Was it kind of? Was it an instrument that you were drawn to, or was it, as you say, because you couldn't play guitar? Like that was maybe yeah. the next logical step. Like, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, it's kind of looks. Um, yeah, I think it was originally like me and uh, three of the two of the mates. We were wanted to do a band and, uh, because I wasn't the best guitar of the three of them. They they went on to guitar. I went on to bass. Right. Okay. I just borrowed my mate's bass for like years on end and stuff. It was like a really like sort of cheap model one, but yeah, it was uh, certainly wasn't was no good and it would have sounded absolutely awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like um, when I was in that band, I kind of started to learn how to shout and certainly was trying to be a lot more metalcore uh, in approach and 
was, yeah, definitely uh, kind of was my start to screaming was then. Yeah. I needed to be a backing vocalist. And I kind of carried it on uh, further on down the line. And yeah. And the projects, but it was, I, I was never fronted. I just did backing, mm. basically. And in terms of kind of something else I always like to sort of touch upon is kind of like the live experience because obviously I think like for a lot of people getting into sort of punk and metal and hardcore like the, yeah. it's all well and good like listening to it but when you sort of see it live that's kind of when yeah. the con- the real connections are sort of made so was, in your sort of like formative years were there kind of any shows that you remember going to that kind of really solidified like your view of like oh no this is what I'm into this is what I want to sort of pursue Ah, it's kind of hard that one because like um, cause it, I've never like I wasn't it wasn't like uh, I suddenly got that eureka moment that oh I want to be in a hardcore band yeah it was yeah. Um, like the first ever gig I went to was Motorhead oh okay uh, cool yeah and I, I remember because I used to like love Lemmy and stuff like even got like Lemmy tattoos somewhere nice and, uh, it's, um, yeah it's um I remember literally seeing them and I just thought that was amazing. That's like nothing could top that. I remember walking out and then being like, I was deaf, I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> but, and it was like, not the one, I don't think I had like an, uh, an live experience that kind of matched that until like years later I saw um, it was a headline show for Architects and it was with Norma Jean. Oh, nice. And that was really cool. Like, it was the first time like I'd really like, seen anyone like fully stage dive or like pits open up and stuff it was yeah I think that was like because I was right before they put out like the here and now it was like the hollow crown era so right, a lot more yeah. technical and it was a lot more abrasive and I did really like latch onto that and obviously years later I listened to more heavy music sort of thing like seeing bands like every time I die live I was like yeah this is exactly the sort of music I want to sound like yeah stuff. and where, where, whereabouts did you grow up James uh, originally in Sheffield Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, then moved to Leeds for university and stuff. Okay, Cause, well, because the, the reason I ask because I always find like different mm. sort of cities, like even like talking to sort of people people in the states and stuff. Yeah. Every sort of city has their their obviously music scene and things like. Oh yeah. And it, it kind of varies, obviously city city town to town sort of thing. So mm. when you were maybe not. Motorhead's maybe a bad example because it's quite a big yeah. show. But when you started maybe kind of finding the underbelly of kind of alternative music yeah. and stuff, like was there oh, without sounding cliche? Like obviously, I know yeah. back in this because you, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're sort of a similar age to me. Like yeah. Sheffield was synonymous with bringing the horizon sort of thing. So yeah, well, but was there quite a quite a decent sort of scene going around around Sheffield? Like, for me, myself, like, around that time, um, I wasn't fully uh, around other people that were maybe into, like, heavy music. Right. Um, growing up, like, my, there was not very many people into many alternative musics at my school and stuff, and it was mainly uh, more punk that everyone liked. Okay. Uh, punk and indie. Uh, and I do remember a, there was a place in Sheffield called The Boardwalk, and like, if you had like mates who played bands, it always it was always there. It had the best sound, sort of thing. It was like a little dive bar and stuff. But oh, okay. Like, it, was, it was all mainly indie bands, to be fair. And yeah. Around that time of me growing up, being like a teenager, like when the Arctic Monkeys blew up, like that was like the sound that Sheffield was making. It wasn't yeah. really my thing. But I do remember that was like the most distinct sort of sound. It wasn't until a bit later on that 
like I started to listen to Bring the Horizon and stuff because uh, it was like the Suicide Season era. Like, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I heard them do stuff that wasn't just deathcore because I wasn't a huge deathcore kid like at all. Yeah, I was. Um, I preferred the more weirder, more hardcore sort of tracks. Yeah, like, I remember there's one, but yeah, there's um, yeah. So I, I was never really exposed to it until I moved to Leeds, and I was like a lot more active because I did something very similar to yourself uh, while I was at university, which was I did like a radio show. Radio show. Okay, so cool. I'd go, in, I'd go and interview bands like around who were touring and stuff. Oh, okay. so I kind of. I got more plugged in at that moment in time whilst I was in uni, whilst I was in Leeds, which was a bit more, a more, I found it more active, more vibrant than yeah. Sheffield was at the time. And I've, I've got to ask now because you've, you've yeah. brought it up, but were, were there kind of any highlight interviews for you during those those times doing the radio yeah. show? Um, we, cause we, it was a, it was an Australian station. Oh, uh, weird. Stage. Yeah, yeah, it was, an, it was on t- Australian internet radio station uh, based in Perth um, we started basically the whole thing was uh, we, we were my band at the time were trying to get our music on uh, on, on the station's right. uh, channel just because you know oh look we're on the radio sort of stuff and um, they also were like putting out auditions for people from overseas to host slots and everything um, but we yeah we, we emailed I think I can't remember all the ones we did we, we, we did like several I mean I think the one that was like most like prestigious for us at the time was like we did Bury Tomorrow oh nice uh, but that was I can't, I can't remember what time what, so yeah I think it was like 2011 2012 sort of time okay but that was that was cool like um, speaking to like managers and that blagging our way to, <laughs> to but, yeah it was uh, yeah that was an experience anyways speaking to bands and uh trying to get them to promote uh, the station and stuff but it did do really well because we we started off with uh, like like our time slot was like 6pm uh, English time which translates to some like 1am 2am sort of Australian time yeah but I think by the end of it there was like I think 5,000 listeners like a week oh wow that's like, pretty cool. obviously that's globally sort of thing but the station obviously had picked up a bit of a following as well, which was cool. But it sort of like almost about a year or so. So, but yeah, it was a certainly experience. Yeah, <laughs> mean deadlines and everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that all too well. <laughs> um, and then in terms of kind of your your sort of for own personal foray into music, you've mentioned kind of mm. sort of like with friends, like learn sort of learning guitar, moving on to bass. But what was your kind of first sort of Band, like proper band I guess so to say like yeah what what sort of sort of iteration was that what kind of genre was it and sort of d- did you do anything of note or was it just sort of like your first band get that out of the way and then move on to the next sort of thing well uh, was, we were, we were always uh, at the time we were just uh, very like metal, we were just metalcore right. uh, so I think the first bands I really liked at that time, at that time was like Parkway Drive and uh, uh, Kill Switch Engage and I was just trying to be like those bands and stuff and try and kind of have that sort of sound because like, at the time that was like the sound yeah so yeah it was we didn't do anything like huge like nothing major came about we sat on an EP that we were recording for like months on end and it kind of told kind of like taught me a bit when it came to being uh, what's the word um, not too precious about yeah. what you're putting out and to kind of instead of sitting on 
material for over a year thinking like people might like this and then maybe recording it while you're done line maybe just to just get out there do it and just you know without without uh, without just uh, kind of banging around basically because <laughs> that was always the thing I think with a lot of bands they'd say that we're all working on new material and about five years later they're still working on it yeah um, yeah and um- weirdly enough my band at the moment is kind of in a very similar boat but that's more mm-hmm. down to time constraints and time money constraints, constraints yeah. Sort of yeah. <laughs> I mean when you're a student and that you've not really got an excuse I mean like if, if anything I wish I'd start this by being a lot more proactive when I was younger sort of thing just oh yeah yeah definitely time. most definitely um, yeah. so then in terms of kind of I guess bands that were kind of doing a bit more maybe sort of like playing shows a bit more out of town going on tours what what was your first kind of experience of that or playing uh, playing shows um well that one itself it was very much just local stuff yeah. i remember it just being like oh we, we played this pub in this like part of yorkshire and stuff so obviously we couldn't travel very far we didn't have like any sort of connections or anything like that but we um it kind of it was quite it was quite funny because obviously not say that like it, it was before things were big for like bands like blowing up online and stuff. Yeah. Well past that point, but it was like for instance, we turned up once at a pub in uh, in Bradford and got basically chased out. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it was a rugby pub, but oh, they right. did, they they advertised themselves as like a, a metal venue. So okay. a bunch of kids with long hair who scream and play breakdowns and stuff turn up at a pub. And the locals didn't like that very much, so <laughs> we, we got given money and asked to leave, so that was quite a funny one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, um, it wasn't until like the, the, band, the, the band I was in like, next that we kind of started to do stuff, and like we got to play like Slam Dunk and stuff, which was cool. Oh, awesome. Uh, and then subsequently like done other work with other with, an, uh, with another band prior after that as well before hitting this one but I think this is the first one where I feel like there's definitely movement more outside of like Yorkshire not just wanting to hit like just the northern cities but try and move and do elsewhere and try and go other places basically yeah what, what was the band that played Slam Dunk? Uh, that was The King's Dead oh okay still cool, cool. around that touch very different completely different to what they were back then yeah and then, I guess if we kind of move on to to sort of cutting teeth now, obviously, yeah. Um, I think like from where we are now, obviously, you're still quite a very fresh band in terms of kind of mm. where where a lot of bands are now. But there yeah. does seem to be a bit of a buzz, a bit of momentum behind you guys. So, uh-huh. do you kind of feel that that's from like hard work that you've been? putting in and people have just noticed it or just because of the sound that you guys have produced it's a little bit sort of a bit of left field it's a bit different from yeah. what people expected especially here in the UK where like I think yeah. there's quite a specific sound if you if you want to go down the hardcore what yeah. avenue or you want to go down the metal avenue whereas you guys mm. kind of sit left of centre of either of those sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's kind of like the, the, the idea of what we wanted to do. And uh, we the, the whole idea was that we take some ethics of punk rock. Like, for me, myself, like, uh, bands like Black Flag, who are very DIY in their approach, do a lot of things ourselves, like 
I do all, I do all the artwork and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, we're very hands-on with everything when it comes to writing, when it comes to doing everything. We take we're, we're very we take everything very to heart with it. So we, we try our best to try and make something that sounds a bit more original. Yeah. But we try to like blend a few things a bit differently, I guess. Um, certainly when if you play shows with bands that are very sort of more uh, I have to think like more pop sounding or you know like more of the general sort of sounds mm. um, we do tend to kind of stand out and when we do want to just throw our guitarist into the middle of the uh, middle of the room to try and get people moving or and when you when you first, if, if you're an opening band it's kind of a bit daunting to just suddenly walk out there and there'd be like next to nobody so you just send Adam out to go and uh, <laughs> so wrangle people from the bar and you suddenly get a crowd so it's quite I think it's just because we, we, we do want to just be a bit different to uh, a lot of what's out there but still at the same time obviously where our like influences on our sleeve and stuff you know uh, I think that's kind of maybe what makes us stand out a bit more than other bands and the that's to say, there are loads of bands at the moment that are kind of, we, we were actually talking about this quite recently, that are around this sort of general area like Yorkshire and that, we, there are a few bands that are like kind of, are kind of more left field in their approach, mm. but don't, aren't quite hardcore, like beat down central to be, you know, that sort of band, but at the same time, they're not, they're definitely not part of this like metalcore sort of scene, you know, like, it's kind of cool because we just want to be of our own sort of, uh, of our own sort of breed in many yeah. ways yeah and obviously you mentioned that this is kind of the first band that you've been solely a, a front man but obviously kind of done sort of backing vocals and so on and so forth yeah. and then obviously have performed in bands in the past but yeah. was it kind of daunting for you to kind of take that step and not not have something oh, yeah. to hold and kind of like yeah. be like oh I can hide behind my bass kind of thing yeah Actually, yeah, no, that's exactly uh, the sort of uh, thing that I remember thinking when I first uh, first went out. I was like, "There's nothing for me to hide behind right now." <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily, I can still put my foot on the monitor, but it was like, okay, um, front and center, I've got to actually talk to people now. So it's a bit, if, especially if you struggle to come out with words and stuff. Yeah, it's it's not. You suddenly realise that oh, this is the reason why when I've been in the band before, the, the vocalist is kind of being a bit shy about just announcing stuff and not have been so, you know, not having that confidence in there. Cause it is kind of a bit daunting when you first start yeah, doing yeah. it. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still green to it. Like I'm still nothing. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm only just getting people to kind of move to stuff. So I, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's definitely a, a daunting task. And in terms of kind of like, writing wise because again obviously playing an instrument is very different to kind of writing down lyrics so was that something that you kind of like I don't know had you kind of like Mm. been dabbling with that at all or has cutting teeth been a completely fresh experience for you well um like the name of the band itself kind of is uh, like people might hear it and think that it's just something that means violence or something, but it's, it's not because when, when we say cutting teeth, we mean that like they cut their teeth, so right. it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, to learn new things. Um, and like obviously, when in the past, like I maybe done the whole thing where you, as a band you all sit down and you all try and think of a lyric and stuff, you're like, why are they doing that really, that really crap, uh, Saint Anger film? <laughs> yeah. 
they'll sit down and do like a powwow about what they think the vocals should be in here. But like, yeah, it was the first time uh, coming up with my own lyrics and to kind of, you know, match it because some of our stuff isn't the most easiest uh, to uh, write to, especially with vocal patterns and phrasing and sort of things. So kind of had to learn new things because it was different, obviously, to any music I'd done before. So I had to change my voice a lot uh, mm. over that time. So it's it's kind of always changing now. It's, even even now when we record stuff today, like it's it's different. Yeah, yeah. And I think you kind of touched upon what I wanted to ask you next. There is it's mm. kind of like having to kind of change your sort of style. And I think like mm. that kind of goes back to to that sort of left of center sort of feel that you guys have. It is your voice is quite. A unique voice. It's not necessarily a shout. It's not necessarily a scream. It's kind of somewhere in the middle, sort of thing. So, was that something that has kind of like stuck with you from the back in the days when you were doing sort of the backing vocals, or is again is it something that you've had to pardon the pun, cut your teeth, sort of this time round, sort of thing? It's completely different. Uh, so when when I was doing it before in the past. Um, I was I somehow had a decent sort of low scream, like right. really low sort of like generic sort of very deep scream sort of thing. So I used to just do that in, in bands, and uh, it wasn't until about like th- three years ago I'd, I'd like I'd not done any vocal work in about like two or three years, and I thought you know what, I want to give it a go again. And my voice has like naturally kind of changed. Okay, um, and I think. I'd originally done like a random jam with a couple of guys uh, one evening, and like it was my first time like trying to do any sort of fronting work, and um, like they were making comparisons like you know kind of like Cansbat sort of style. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's that's cool because obviously I was a huge fan of them anyway. So I must like I think when you listen to like certain bands or you know have one sort of set of bands on repeat quite a lot you, you if you do vocals and like you kind of pick up a bit of a cadence and the phrasing and naturally your voice kind of when you when you listen to uh, a bit of music your voice will naturally try and match that sort of phrasing mm. so i think my i was just kind of feeling a lot of the influences that i was listening to at the time sort of thing kind of seeping to how i was delivering and naturally my voice tried to match that yeah. So I think that's kind of how it came about. Mm. And something else that I think well is is kind of instantly recognizable with with you guys is mm. you've kind of I get it kind of goes back to you saying sort of like the DIY thing and you doing all the artwork but there's mm. very much a a thought process going into the aesthetic that you guys are kind of outwardly putting sort of thing. Yeah. So what was the kind of idea behind that and and was it kind of something that you'd sort of thought of from the very sort of inception of the band or is that again mm. something that's kind of grown with how the band is now evolved mm. and sounding um it's, it's kind of a mixture of both really because um as a bit of a goof um i, I remember when i was first uh sending adam uh like the logo and stuff right. uh we had, i did it randomly once in pink going like here we go this is absolutely disgusting looking. it'll stand <laughs> out and stuff and uh, like 
he hated it from that, from that moment. Like, the first time he saw it, he didn't like it, sort of thing. Like, why, why would Ping sort of things? To be fair, I think it was a bit of an inkle at the time anyway. But yeah. I don't know, like, the more I did it, the more I liked it. And, uh, yeah, it kind of went, it kind of springboarded from there to, like, when, with anything, when we did, when we have, like, live photos done, like, I think, got a credit, our mate Ollie, who originally started shooting us when he was doing, like, custom paint, because he knew that was our sort of thing. Um, but it gets it gets to the point now where if we get shot live, the like photographer will always send us a pink version of the photos. Oh, okay, that's down. cool. So it's it's kind of been very unintentional, but at the same time, it's been sort of. I, I when when starts do it, I think it was. I, I I liked the idea of doing it because you know when you hear a band or you know you you see, you know, it's like the whole thing about brand recognition. Yeah. Like having that sort of thing that you jump to straight away, like when you see the cold pink or something you want to maybe associate it with us, that's that's cool. Like I, I'm I'm more for that because it's I know it's it's very satisfying for me to have that sort of aesthetic uh, going because I'm uh, come from like a design background. Yeah, and I guess kind of going back to what I said earlier in, in terms mm. of like that there is a bit of a momentum kind of behind you guys sort of like straight from the off sort of thing mm. like do you think that that has kind of aided you in that aspect in like you mm. said that that you've got people that are shooting you live who are then sending you like pink versions whereas like they may not necessarily have, have even thought of that in the beginning sort of thing yeah um well like most of the time well, another thing that we were kind of adamant on well myself was adamant on when we when we first started was that i wanted to work with like friends yeah. Um, people that, that may be local sort of thing so when we first started out we started playing shows nearby obviously I knew the guys and the people behind us so they were very comfortable to kind of approach us about things like that you know and um, you know I, it was kind of very unintentional so <laughs> yeah. it, was, uh, it seemed to so it seemed to work out and I think that it, it kind of worked rather than just being like black photo like everyone wearing black sort of thing yeah and, uh, you know the generic sort of band photos you get. Maybe it looked, maybe it stood out a bit more. Mm. But it certainly helps everything look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I know that you guys are kind of sort of like pushing out a bit more for, from necessarily just playing like Leeds and Yorkshire and things like that. But mm. obviously, I know because I'm I'm complete opposite end of the country from you. I'm in Portsmouth, yeah. so. But I know that Leeds has a very kind of vibrant sort of music scene, like, mm. and there's a lot of kind of cross-pollination so have you kind of found that that you guys have been able to kind of sort of thrive in that that aspect and that, that has afforded you the opportunities to to go out and sort of spread your wings sort of thing um yeah uh i think that like obviously when we first started out we we got picked up and um, by a few like both by, by promoters and stuff and um like obviously we yeah we did we did summer with with some people and uh, yeah there was it's a bit awkward to start off with because we didn't really play with any bands that were very similar to us right okay so it was when it, when it comes to like you know playing in and around like that sort of scene and I I don't know if Leeds has it does have that sort of scene but it's very much still on the underground so like the, the the bands are very slight like the the the, the places in general are very selective on that sort of side of things it's um, so certain clubs will play that sort of music, right? Yeah, that sort of thing. Like I saw, like a, 
we we all, we all uh, went to go and see Vane quite recently at uh, like Temple of Boom. Yeah, like that show was absolutely heaving. It was like so, like I think Higher Power opened it up. Yeah, but it was like that was very sort of like yeah, we definitely we fit fit in there. But I, I don't know because I think that in many ways there's there's so many different like sides to leads and there's so many different like bands with different sounds. Like I think that we do have something different in Leeds but there are other bands in like places like Hull uh, for instance that we do get on very well with and do have that same sort of ideas and as, as ourselves that we kind of do mesh well with so mm. we'll have to get some shows and stuff with, uh, with guys like that but uh, it's, it's kind of nice to be uh, like like my, my whole thing is like I kind of like to be, I like to sound different to yeah. other people on a bill I know that may, sound, may be a bit of a disadvantage because your audience might not necessarily like it but you know, it certainly helps you stand out more rather than <laughs> yeah. the same same old. And into if I'm just gonna backtrack a little bit, but in terms of kind of you sort of again, sort of like writing lyrics for the first time like properly yeah. and kind of get, as you say, kind of being the, the focal point of things, like hmm. have you found how have you found sort of like the idea of kind of because I know a lot some some lyricists do it very kind of metaphorically some people it is very much heart on their sleeve other people it's thematic and everyone has a different process but how did you find kind of that process of in some shape or form you were putting what is going on in your head out there for others to kind of hear so did you did you find that difficult was it something that you've come to terms with now do you now find it a bit easier how's that kind of process been well if anything, like you do need to be like inspired. Um, when I first started off doing it, like obviously I, I, I've not done it before, and mm. I think though that could be seen as like an idea that oh, you, you, then you, you're not going to know what to really do. Yeah, I think because I've not done it before, but obviously I've been sat there on the sideline with a few things. I've kind of built up quite a lot in my head that I wanted yeah. to kind of say. And like after a number of years, like I was kind of not wanting to sing songs about like a relationship that fails or I didn't want to like sing about politics because what, what the hell do I know about that sort of stuff? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's meant more to me to sing about experiences or like um, like thoughts and feelings like something that's more personal mm. um, especially in stuff that we're doing now uh, it's doing a lot more focused uh, I th- I've, I've been trying to dabble kind of with maybe the idea of doing like concept writing okay uh, so you do have that sort of like you know you, you do try and keep it to a theme about something you know but not to be i i, I don't really want to be direct I, I don't want to be very you know i want to leave things open to interpretation so then more people can maybe listen and kind of make their own assumptions about something because it just seems more interesting that way and obviously potentially may last a bit longer mm. we'll probably start stay the test of time sort of crap yeah but um yeah, no, it was, it was, it's always been about trying to be not cryptic, but at the same time just open mm. to, uh, for, for other people to make their own, uh, take, paint their own picture with, you know. Yeah. And just kind of on, I, I guess this kind of leads to the whole sort of painting your own picture thing, but obviously the two latest tracks that you've kind of put out, the, mm. the sort of titles of them are kind of open-ended, like... You can read them however you you want them to be in terms of either aggressor or yeah. no mercy. Like 
you can either t- I guess it kind of goes back to the cutting teeth thing as well like you mm. can either take them as this is uh, an aggressive word or yeah. something like that or it could have a, a, a vulnerability to it so was that again the kind of idea or were, were you, did you have specific themes going into those songs yeah um, like aggressive was the first one that we kind of penned down and played together and I remember even when we first jammed it out I, I liked how it sounded and um, like the whole idea of that track was meant to be kind of geared around thoughts and feelings in your head where you maybe feel like maybe lied to right. it doesn't necessarily like have to be uh, by you know by the government or you know, <laughs> yeah. But it can be anyone from like uh, like your your boss to your best friend to your lover to to like just someone that's toxic, you know. And it's kind of that sort of feeling where you you don't really know how to take things, and you kind of feel that pent up sort of like aggression towards uh, towards a sort of unknown sort yeah. of entity you know, that's you know that's causing you this sort of uh, this sort of feeling. Um, and like with no mercy, like. <clears throat> I think that's uh, that's like a good example for what I was kind of hinting to because when I first pitched the, the title No Mercy, like in the end, I was like, "What do you mean, like?" Was in like someone's hurting someone? No Mercy. I was like, "Well, no, because it's not about uh, it's not about other, you bringing harm to other people. It's more about you bringing harm to yourself." Mm. So thoughts and feelings are hitting you with <clears throat> with No Mercy because the, the whole phrase itself means. Uh, some that attacks without uh, like any sort of care yeah. consideration. So I kind of thought that was like a kind of clever idea. In many mm. ways, kind of tied in with the the whole idea of the battle song, basically. Yeah, and go, just going back to kind of the the idea of you sort of putting your thoughts onto paper and and obviously mm. right then obviously vocalizing them. Like, yeah, how have you kind of found the experience of putting that out there and then? getting critiqued but then also getting sort of positive feedback and and therefore growing a fan base what's that kind of experience been like for you um it's been like interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, i think uh when we first started out like the, the the lyrics and stuff were very kind of more scattergun they the, the whole ideas and stuff were pulling from different things right. so you know it, it was when people said they like this song, it was kind of nice. But I think as we've kind of gone along a bit further, there's definitely uh, it's definitely been a case of being more personal and uh, stuff that we're coming out with at the moment uh, just definitely does have like a very personal sort of edge to it. So mm. I don't know. I don't know really how people will uh, will take that side of things. But like when people like the whole idea when uh, when. I was writing the lyrics for Aggressor because the the chorus has got such a cool sort of uh, chant to it. I, I kind of wanted to encourage people to, like, uh, you know, shout along to it. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wanted to have that in mind for people to maybe get involved because when we started out, well, when we started out, the main thing that I wanted to do was for people to listen and sort of not feel alone yeah. with what they with what they think what they feel because I think that the problem nowadays is that a lot of people will uh, crown they're the only ones but not you know mm. not realise that everyone has that same problem 
Yeah, yeah. And and in terms of kind of moving forward of, of things, as you say, you're still kind of got stuff that you're working through and stuff at the moment. Mm. But and I, I don't want to. I hate the question of sort of like, oh, so what's next, sort of thing. But <laughs> but have you yeah. kind of got like any milestones that you you guys are looking to hit, sort of thing, or like where where do you kind of envision the next phase of cutting teeth? I guess is a better way of phrasing it. <laughs> Okay, well, like, uh, we, um, like, obviously the main goal is to, you know, uh, do more extensive sort of touring, because yeah. obviously we, we are we are picking up uh, odd shows here and there, and, like, kind of patching together, like, uh, you know, like, sort of uh, mini route, like, little mini runs out, but it would be kind of nice to do some more, a bit more prolonged across the country, Yeah, like, maybe overseas, but I, I kind of, I prefer the idea with this sort of group to not be uh, too focused on we need to do this and that in order yeah. to get here so I'd rather kind of have the idea of being surprised rather than you know when it comes to like end goals like I want to do this I want to do that I, I don't necessarily want to do that because then I'm putting a lot of expectations on uh, things that you don't know if they will happen on yeah of course but it'd be nice to uh, you know do some more extensive and definitely hit up a lot more cities and see what a lot of other scenes have got to offer like we played Cardiff quite recently and like it's quite like for a city that I've never actually been to before like it was quite cool to see that they were actually still thriving and supporting their local bands yeah yeah to have people come up to you afterwards might be very encouraging even down in London actually I was quite surprised by that like we played like an all day festival with like some very random acts but the um, but people afterwards like generally coming up and being very friendly which is something you're not necessarily you don't necessarily get when you're maybe at your hometown or yeah so. yeah so when you when you get people outside to, like the the county by coming up to you and can saying giving you that sort of kudos it's kind of reassuring that you might be on the right track <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> cool well james before i let you go the way i like to to round things off is uh, i like to ask my guests uh what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist so Ooh. What is your favourite Cutting Teeth song that you like to play live and why? Uh, oh, that is a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd probably say we've, we've got one called uh, Once Bit and Twice Shy. Right. Uh, it's a very sort of... In our set at the moment, it is the, it is the fastest one. Uh, okay. The quickest one, sorry. Uh, it's very short, very sharp, very fast and I'll be honest it does hurt but I do I, I, when I listen if I do have a like listen back to the EP I would always probably jump to that one first of all yeah either that or aggressor but perfect. I think once been is probably best perfect brilliant James thank you very much for your Wish time I'm... really appreciate it and best thank of you, luck man. with everything with the band it's mate have a nice day cheers man take it easy So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to James for taking some time to have a little chat with me. Uh, as always, you can keep up to date with what Cutting Teeth are doing on all their various social media platforms, which will be linked in the episode description. Um, that's kind of it for another week. I haven't got a whole lot more to say. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, we'll be at Download this week, but we have some awesome guests lined up in the 
uh, for future episodes. So please remember to subscribe, rate and review the show. really helps get us to more people, more listeners. And yeah, just spread the word. Um, but for now, thank you again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast. And I will see you soon. Mm-hmm.